Hi, my name is Emeka Morello and welcome to Growth is Personal. Each week, I share insights and strategies that will equip you to accelerate your personal and professional growth and bring you conversations that will empower you to thrive in life, career and business. Welcome to today's episode. Now, before I introduce my guest for today's episode, I would like for you to do me a favor. If you listen to this podcast on Apple, please give us a rating and leave a review. I know some of you have reached out to us telling us how much these podcasts have been helpful to you and how you've enjoyed each episode. Now, I need you to do me a favor and rate this podcast and give us a review. This will help our podcast get the visibility it needs. And also, if you listen on Spotify, please be sure to follow this podcast and also share this podcast with a friend or family or your connection. Welcome once again to Grow This Personal Podcast. With me on the show today is Maurice Philogen. I've known Maurice for a few months since I stumbled on his profile on LinkedIn and I have stayed glued to every post he makes. And we're going to be having conversations today around around life and yeah. he's someone who I see as a, as a model when it comes to creating the life that you want, you know, design the life that you want. I'm going to do a little bit of introduction of Maurice and I'll give an opportunity to also talk, share a little bit about himself that we don't have on the profile here and then we'll get a conversation started. Uh, right. Maurice Pelogin is a real estate investor and entrepreneur, a restaurant owner, explorer of 100 countries, public servant, a federal and federal agent and police officer, philanthropist, and lifestyle design and wealth coach, a founding managing partner of Quattro Capital with a passion for living life, leveraging freedom principles, financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, freedom of purpose, and freedom of relationships. Maurice used real estate and professional careers to generate passive income and build legacy, all while empowering communities and helping others live their best life now through lifestyle design. Maurice is based in Washington, D.C. and the Mediterranean region. Welcome to the show, Maurice. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Finally, good to meet you in person, man. Yeah, good to meet you. I've, yeah. you know, since I, I stumbled on your profile, I, I was like, what? The, the, the thinking, the idea, how you simplify lifestyle design is something that really blows my mind each time you share it and, and your journey. So I want to start with, Talk to us about your journey. What should we know? What should all our listeners, you know, viewers know about you to get a sense of where you are or where you were to where you are now? Oh, man, that's a lot. I mean, that's that's 47 years of nonsense right there. So here, I'll start at the end. I like to start at the end because it grounds everything. Mm. I'm 47. Uh, I'm no longer in the W-2 world. I know you're in Canada, but the W-2 world, I just mean active employment. I was a executive at a global consulting firm called Accenture for 25 years. I retired from that in November of 2021. I was Lieutenant Colonel and federal agent in the military, specifically the Air Force. I retired from that in 2019. And I added being a midnight patrol officer or street cop in DC in 2008. And I, and I retired from that in late, to, late 2021 as well after 15 years. But all the while, I was a real estate investor. I found real estate investing very early in my life, in my early 20s. That was not necessarily money-related as much as, as it was freedom-related. I recognized mm -hmm. it as a tool for me to be able to get certain things I wanted out of life, which is pretty much 
the ability to do what I want, when I want, where I want. And you can decouple that from the need to have millions of dollars, which I'm sure we're going to talk about through mm -hmm. lifestyle design. I have two kids. I split my time between DC. I'm usually in the Mediterranean somewhere between Cyprus, Lebanon, Turkey, Greece, sometimes um, Italy, Spain. And, you know, I'm just living my life to the fullest. We have 28,000 days in a lifetime. If we're lucky, I've got 10,500 and change left. So I'm very intentional about the way that I live, who I interact with and where I spend my time. Hmm. Great, great. I want to talk about your, you said in your twenties, you, you discover real estate. So yeah. what, give us a context to how that came about and, yeah. you know, being able to identify something as powerful, as useful as that at that age, what were the things that you, that you were intentional about to be able to capture that? I don't, I don't listen. And, and I, I think anybody who is at a certain part of their career, a lot of the things that we did, especially when we were young, they were just gut feelings about something. So it's not that I was being intentional as much as something felt off or I wanted something and didn't know how to get it. So my actions started leading there. But there were two things that happened to me when I was really young. Um, let me start with the first one. The first one was I was 15 years old. I grew up in inner city, Boston. My, my family's a Haitian immigrant family. My father sent me to France to spend 30 days with an exchange student who had stayed with me the previous summer. That changed my life, man, because we drove around the country for 30 days, uh, French funerals, French weddings, French wine, French castles, French girls, French everything. It just showed me that life could be more than Boston. So that, that really changed me. But when I was 21, I bought my first place to live. Actually, when I was 22, I bought my first place to live. As a result of finding the book, Personal Finance for Dummies, if you remember that four dummies series of books, yeah. Personal yeah. Finance for Dummies. And in that book, it had a passage about passive income. So mm -hmm. income that comes in from real estate or dividend stocks or intellectual property. But that real estate is passive. It doesn't require you to be, be somewhere from nine to five to generate it. So the thought process in my head is if I could generate passive income, then I could create time. And if I can create time, then I could go back to have all those experiences and emotions that I felt on that trip when I was 15. So I just went after it. And a little bit of luck comes into play. When I did buy my first place, it was at the beginning of the boom cycle in real estate from 2002 to 2008. It was right at the beginning. So it appreciated by $30,000. My father explained equity. That was enough for me. I went to the library. I sat my butt down. I read a bunch of books. And then by the end of the year, I had bought 10 more places. So it's just this happenstance thing. I wanted freedom. I found passive income. One way to get it was real estate. By happenstance, I just happened to buy my first place. And also by happenstance, a boom cycle was going on in real estate. So it all kind of came together. Some of it was luck for sure, but then the other part of it is like once an opportunity is presented to you, you, you need to jump on it, and I jumped on it, and that's how real estate started. Opportunity presents itself, jump on it. Talk about about your values, your values and beliefs that have really shaped how you how you see life and how you approach approach business. Well, it, this has evolved over the years, but the values that shape my life if you will is i don't believe in status quo 
Status quo is a default language. Status quo is something that's handed to us by our peers, coworkers, neighbors, even family members, that you must, to be successful, you go to school, you get a college degree, you work for the best company, you climb the corporate ladder, and you're going to have success. What the hell does that mean? Success is you being happy in life, you doing the things that you want, you helping people, you plugging into planet and earth as intended. When I when I was in my 20s and having this belly gut feeling of I wanted more out of life, just because everybody, status quo was telling me to follow what everybody else was doing, to follow their path. And none of that felt right to me. What, what feels right to me, I, I'm a servant. I'm servant by nature. It's just the way that I grew up. My father, 30-year educator in the Boston school system. He was always teaching. He was always a principal. Same thing for my mother. She was a guidance counselor of 20 years, always helping people. And when you help people, believe it or not, when you help people, it can be selfish too because it, it makes you feel good about yourself. So therein lies my desire to become a police officer and to go into the military. It's not that I really wanted to do those things as much as I wanted to help people in unique ways. Okay. So that's why I had the parallel careers because one, I wanted to help people. And two, I didn't believe this whole thing that everybody keeps talking about, which is you got to climb the corporate ladder to be successful. No, you do what makes you happy. I think people are afraid to break out of the default mindset of status quo. Because honestly, 20 years of formal education told us to behave a certain way. Get a degree, do this, do that. But man, when you start self-educating, and just like your podcast espouses, when you lean into personal development, you find all these other paths that you can take. Mm -hmm. Like, just as a summary point to that, the career highway is crowded. It's crowded. Everyone, same certification. They're vying for the same certification, same title, same job, same executive VP spot, same this, same that. It's exhausting. Just for a second, pause. Realize that if you get off the standard career highway and you create your own road, there's no traffic there. Mm. Going. So I was never competing against anyone, even though I worked for 25 years. I was just collecting experiences. I wasn't interested in competing with people to make partner and things of that nature. I turned all that stuff down, actually. I was creating a lifestyle I don't need a vacation from. That's my value system is we are here to thrive. We're not here to just exist. And there's ways to do that. Hmm. Powerful. Do not just create experiences. I think experiences for me is very key because I was giving a talk sometime um, a few weeks ago, and I said that we end up, most people end up walking and less time growing or less time creating experiences. You know, you could be 10 years, but it's the right. same experience, right? right? But if you begin to become more intentional, I think it's, it's a, a whole world of opportunity opens up for you, right? Because I work full time, but here am I having a podcast with you. And if I don't intentionally create those experiences, I probably wouldn't have this conversation. I probably wouldn't be able to, you know, connect with people. Right. 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 <clears throat> so let's talk about career and lifestyle, uh, design lifestyle hack. You talk about a lot about this. What does that really mean? The uh, uh, lifestyle design or designing your life? The, the career and design lifestyle hack. Or you could call, but I want to oh, hear the word hack there. 
Yeah, and I I gotta stop using that word hack. It's not a hack. It's mm. what we should have known coming out of college. It's what we should have known coming out of high school. We we again we default to what the college professor tells us we're supposed to be when we get out into the real world, which is start work that job and climb that ladder and everything's gonna be okay. And what I learned over the years was you don't have to do it that way. So I, I coach people, um, I coach folks in lifestyle design because I've designed my own life over the years. And as I did it, it was just organic. But what I started to realize over the last three years is people were looking for a way to do some of the things that I've done. So I packaged all of my knowledge and I created what I call a blueprint or a career and lifestyle hack, if you call it. The first thing is adults forget to dream. Hmm. We don't. We don't do that anymore. We were we was kindergartners. We we ate glue. We threw paint on walls, and we dreamed of being the athlete, and we wanted to be a doctor. And we we were always like our brains were constantly growing, or at least pointing us in some north star that was going to direct us. And for some reason, when we become adults, we start pressing repeat every day, and we lose that internal fire to dream. So I encourage people to write down their dream day in vivid detail with all the senses, meaning like, where are you? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What does the coffee sound like when it's brewing? The air is coming off the Mediterranean Sea. Your kids are in the back doing A, B, and C. This is the type of business you run, etc. People need a North Star to follow. Once you know what your North Star is, what is the personal blueprint that matches that? Like my personal blueprint. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to work in an office. I want to be remote. I don't like to be held down. I don't like a lot of stuff. I love interacting with people. I love relationships. I want to be able to pick up this laptop and this cell phone, get on a plane and be able to execute my business from wherever I am. That's my personal blueprint. It's how I want to personally exist in the world. Less stuff, more experiences for me. Hmm. Okay. Now that you know your personal blueprint, what is the work blueprint that matches that? And that's the disconnect for me, is that people just pick a career to pick a career. Hmm. Yet what they're doing in a lot of cases is putting themselves in a boxed page every day, taking the train, going to work, sitting in the same office, same chair, looking at the same screen, coming out for lunch, thank God, to get some fresh air, going to Subway sandwich, eating a sandwich. Let me supersize that joint. Go back to work, do the same shit again, come out, take the train home, go home, see your kids for 30 minutes, have a beer, get tired, go to sleep, do it again. Mm. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense to me. Pick the job or build the business that matches your personal blueprint. Pick the work blueprint that matches your personal blueprint, even if it makes less money. Because if it matches your personal blueprint, you'll be in alignment and if you're in alignment, there's greater probability that you're going to be able to have the framework for that perfect day. Hmm. I don't have a perfect day every day, but I have the framework by which I can have a perfect day every day. Like last weekend, I decided to go to Germany for 36 hours. I rolled out there. I sat at a favorite pub. I had a beer. First beer I've had in like nine months because I gave it up. But I, I had a beer. I saw some old friends and I got back on a plane. 36 or 36 hours later, but I was still interacting with my clients, excuse me, my investors from Quattro Capital, business partners from other stuff. My life is mixed between the two. 
we're just defaulting to what, well, this is a great company. I'm just going to work there. Yeah, but that might not be the thing that gives you the optimal life. So I, I, I try to help people design what that life is for them or redesign what's happened. I've helped people leave corporate and they live mobile, mobile lifestyles now. It, I mean, there's a lot involved, but it's just the sense that we have the ability, if we're intentional, to create lifestyle we don't need a vacation from. I don't take vacations anymore. I don't have to. I'm always engaging the planet or what, or what have you. Like I'll, I'll be in LA tomorrow. I'll be in Puerto Rico on Monday. Then I'll come back. I'll be here for the week. Then I have to go over to Cyprus. Like I want my life to to be in this manner where work and personal matches each other. Hmm. That's very powerful. You mentioned something around, I think it's something that's going to be a lot of concern to some people about less money to talk to. How do you, how do you then come out of that, that cycle? Because the fear a lot of people have is okay, if I choose to embrace what it is that, that is aligned with who I am and what I want right. out of life. Right. I probably might not be able to make as much money as I'm making now. So how do they make that switch? That's, that's a value system, man. That again, that is what we've learned that you are better if you are making 200,000 versus making 120,000 doing something that you love that matches your style of humanity. It's, it's crazy. And the funny thing is money is not even real. Money is a representation of value. It can be taken away at any time, as we know, with all these banks doing craziness. Mm. Do something that truly makes you happy. So when I became a police officer in 2008, I was getting ready to leave my very high six-figure corporate salary to go be a police officer for 60 grand. It's something that I wanted to do before I die. Like I just always had this kid dream of being a street cop. Fortunately, I found a way to keep both, and I'm very happy that I found a way to keep both. But the money wasn't. I I would have kicked myself big time had I missed the opportunity to be a police officer because I said, well, that job makes more money. And there was a there was a retirement home that I would always respond to when I was a police officer, really cool people in there. And there was issues and cops would show up there and stuff. But I went and volunteered there a couple for a couple of days. And um, when you when you hear people in their 80s and 90s reflect on their life, they they don't they don't talk about the money they made. It's not that they don't talk about the money they made. They don't talk about the title they had, or the CEO or man, I had this corner office and the glass was always clean. Nah, they, nobody talking about that. Shit. You know what they're talking about? The experiences that they missed, the places they never went to, uh, the girl they never asked out, the guy they never asked out, the person they never asked to marry, the fact that they still want to do things, but they're not physically healthy because they burnt themselves out in career. You want to, if you want to set yourself up for a successful life, in my opinion, to include good personal development. Talk to people who are 10, 20, and 30 years older than you because they're, they've already executed a path that you're going down. Absorb their regrets and steer away from them. Hmm. I have zero fear from being – look, man, I grew up in, 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 in Boston and New York. There was always some shit going on. I was always in fights and all that type of stuff. Then I became – then I went into the military as a federal agent, and I saw some crazy stuff in Africa and the Mideast and Somalia and all da, da, da. Then I became a street cop and was – 
in shootings and car chases and running into people's houses and getting burglars out of the house. And I have zero fear, none, because death is a part of life. I do have one, one fear, regret. Mm. So all the stuff that you see me talk about on LinkedIn, whether it's having the three full-time careers, traveling to 100 countries over 350 times, starting multiple businesses, helping my own son design his life to be a professional bodybuilder instead of him starting an office life. I'm not doing all that because I want to be everything or have my name on the side of a building or anything of that nature. I'm doing it because I don't want to have any regrets the day that I'm done. I don't I want zero regret the day that I'm done. So you can't be a senior executive during the day and a police officer at night. That's impossible. There's no time. Oh yeah, there's time. Don't put your fears mm. on other people trying to accomplish something. Mm. You want you want it, you'll make the time. Period. So regret, man. Regret is regret is a powerful powerful driver and driver. it pushes me forward. Hmm. And you mentioned something because a lot of my listeners and uh, audience are career professionals. So the idea that you can do you can do life while doing work is something that is really sometimes it's far fetched for them. So and and now you you you're saying that it's possible and I, and it's possible to be able to create that life. Mm-hmm. while walking now talk to us about the fact that you know some people are in the in the crossroad of what would my employer say like okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you have to you know conflict of interest and kind of thing maybe what how do you how how do you overcome that i probably you've probably been in that that position oh, before. big time what, what did you do to, to to get out of that so in my coaching in my coaching uh, which is so like my brand is called try life on i have all these principles that i spend time with my coaching students on and a couple of them are gonna answer your question now instead of me just accepting that my corporate entity would not allow me to be a police officer what i did was i brought them a solution to support versus a problem to solve People want to do different shit and they're going to the employer and they're saying, I want to do this. How do you help me? Well, you're giving someone a problem that they have to figure out. But what I did in my case, in that particular instance, and there's other examples of it, but what I said to my corporate company, if you will, my my consulting firm, I said, look, I have this childhood dream of being a police officer in my local community. I'll be seen as a pillar of the community. You'll have the opportunity to tell all 500,000 employees who are at this company, you support outside interests, right? Mm. I'm going to gain this business knowledge being a police officer that can be applied to all the national police forces that we service around the world. I'll Mm. have that credibility. And you'll be able to use it to generate revenue. The job won't impact me during the day because I'll be working it at night. And the only reason I'm telling them all this is because technically, and I I don't like lying and I want to stay on the right side of integrity, they had to approve secondary employment. So the way that I brought it to them was like, let me do this so I can bring you revenue, essentially. And wouldn't you know it, of course it was approved. And then I worked for 
19, 19 or 20 national police forces for my firm. And they hired us constantly because I was a badge carrier and I carry credibility, mm. right? Mm. People are bringing, oh, I want to do something, but I'm scared about my employer. Well, you, you're two things. One, stop bringing them a problem to solve, bring a solution for them to support. And two, listen, sometimes it's better to just ask for forgiveness than permission. Hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I didn't tell them that I tried to open coffee shops and was starting a real estate investment firm. And I didn't need to tell them those things. In fact, I was very quiet about it. The journey that I articulate on social media now about me being a corporate executive for 25 years and in the military for 22 years and a police officer for 15 years, I never spoke about it while I was doing it. I just did it. And then building a real estate firm and buying 2,000 apartments, I just did it. Everyone's talking about what they want to do on social media. So they get the little bit of the dopamine hit and I'm going to go do this and I feel good about it. And they get all the comments. Congratulations. You haven't even done shit yet. Hmm. Do it and, and then in action, tell everyone what you did so they can learn from your lessons and your mistakes and your thing. So there's things that I'm doing now, totally not in policing or real estate or consulting. There's another industry that I'm getting deep into. I'm not talking about that stuff until 10 years down the road because I'm learning and I mm -hmm. want to learn and I want to be a part of it. So when people are afraid of their employers, there's a problem because you are not a monolith. This concept of you in lifestyle design, there's a concept of and versus or. Normal society would tell you you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or own a business or, nah, man, I'm, I'm going to be an actor, IT executive, police officer, federal agent. I'm going to build a real estate firm. I'm going to be an awesome daddy. I'm going to build real estate in the Mediterranean. I love the word and. And if someone mm. gets in the way of the word and, then they shouldn't be in your circle. Your employer is that monolith. You Maybe you want to change that because we only have this one life. Why are you defaulting to what they're telling you to do? But I really don't think it's the employers. I think it's us. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's us. Because you have to, like you said, you have to be able to bring them a solution. You also have to understand that this is this is something that matters to you and you have to be able to find a way to make it work, right? Yes. And like, yeah, you you have to. And you know, there are creative ways to make it work and to still be able to function. And I like the fact that you mentioned the or and the and principle. I think it's okay, especially now we're going into uh, the, the, the world of work is changing. Right. If you're not adding to what you know, right? For example, artificial intelligence, if you're not adding that to what you're doing, you're gonna be left behind. You're gonna you're you're gonna be left behind, but let, I, I won't even go the skill and knowledge route. I'll go the life experience route. Right. Hmm. I, I'm I'm grateful for art, artificial intelligence, and then there was NFTs, and then there's Bitcoin, and like there's always something. Something, yeah. What I'm suggesting is to leverage the principle of and versus or to fill your life book before it's all finished. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just gonna focus on this one thing. Really? You really? You just now, if you're a brain surgeon, if you are a brain surgeon, and that is your skill, and you are passionate about it, then then I love that. Then then be the best at that because that's your choice. But please don't default to doing one thing or being 
being one thing that you don't even love just because society is saying, oh, you're, you're very successful. And I wanted to give you one example. Um, I love international affairs. Uh, when I was in the military, even though I was a federal agent, I was kind of acting in the sense of a diplomat and very proud of it. I really enjoyed what I did. I was never in uniform. I was always plain clothes, but I was interacting with government officials from all over the world. And it was, it was a beautiful thing. When I got back to off active duty and went back to my company, I started to realize I really liked being in the international realm. So what I did was I created, I found someone within the company who was doing something international that was virtual based. I approached her and I said, I, I want to do A, B, and C for you. I have the idea for this role. Here's how it will impact your business in a positive way. And she took me on. And, and so for eight years, when I was at Accenture, I worked based in DC, but I was traveling all over the world too and supporting all these uh, projects from all over the world. And the reason I bring that up is because my home group in government said, well, look, if you do that role, your upward mobility is gonna be stunted because to get to partner, this is the typical path that people take. Mm. And I said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good with that. Because I, partner wasn't my goal experiences was my goal i mm. wanted to collect experiences i didn't want to collect a title mm. you see what i'm saying mm. yeah but that's where the real estate comes in because i was investing in real estate on the outside so i knew i'd be financially capable when i was done with all this but while i was in corporate i wanted the experience but i bring that example up to show to make a point yes most people in my humble opinion not everybody but most people would have defaulted to I got to be a partner because that's the pinnacle. Mm. Now nah, I'm going to I'm going to be a partner even though I really want to do this. I got to go do this because that's the pinnacle at this company is me getting to this level. And then I'll be done. Well, I'll tell you there's no done. There you're never done. You're never done. What you're doing is you're sacrificing what your gut and your brain and your heart is telling you to do in favor of a title because society and your friends and your peers and all that say that that's the way you should go. Okay. I think that's a huge mistake. Hmm. Let me present this to you. So if, for example, that thing that the person said we're going to do, say, for example, that coming from the mindset of they want to effect change and yeah. to be able to do that, they have to be in this particular position to be able to have an authority. What do you think about that approach? Because that's they have purpose. That's a totally mm. different thing. Different. So right. um, for me to impact my local community the way that I wanted to impact them, I, I needed to be and wanted to be a police officer. And I wanted to get to what's called police officer level three, where I had the autonomy to be anywhere by myself, doing anything, interacting with the public. Blah, 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 blah. I had to get to a certain level there. But that was driven by a purpose. That wasn't driven by society telling me what I should do. Mm. Right. So if somebody right. wants to be the CEO of a company and they want to make change, a.k.a. Elon Musk, when he wasn't so crazy, I don't know what's going on with him now. But when he started Tesla, he literally wanted to change the world. And he has. And he has. And he climbed as an EP, created his own. He became a CEO and he wanted to do that. And that's him. Now, somebody in my firm who wanted to be partner because that's they they feel good about it and they feel accomplished and that I love. But what I'm suggesting is don't just default to doing something just because that appears to be the path that everybody is taking. Taking. Yeah. Mm.
Let's talk about the mistakes you've made in, in creating this lifestyle um, design um, yep. and experiences. What were the mistakes you made that, you know, someone, you know, someone should avoid, like people should avoid, you know, in, in creating the lifestyle that they want? Well, I'll tell you, when I was in my 20s and 30s, I was traveling, a.k.a. Anthony Bourdain style. I was always in some country meeting some person engaging in some experience or something like that. And I was always building business and I was always taking shots at like, like I failed a coffee shop. I think I lost $40,000 trying to open a coffee shop one time. I failed at some real estate pieces and things of that nature. And I think a lot of the, and, and, and I, I bring all that up to suggest that I was a super busy dude. <laughs> I was mm. very busy. And I think some of that busyness drove what I call entrepreneurial depression. Like I was just always trying to create. And it's not that I didn't think enough was enough. No, I know when enough is enough. It's not that. It's that I was so driven by this notion of freedom and a designed life that I never quit. Now I got there, but the mistake mm. that I think I genuinely made was that I was quiet about it way too long. And I didn't find people who were similar minded or expansive minded the way that I was. Hmm. Now, nowadays, it's much easier to find those people because we have podcasts, we have blogs, we have chat groups, we have social media. It's easy. But when I was kind of kicking it, I mean, in my 20s and 30s, like Google had just shown up. You know, there was nothing hmm. really there to easily connect with people. But the truth of the matter is there's people like you and I everywhere, right. everywhere. And you can have a support system in a circle who espouses the thought process that you have. No one is truly uh, the same, but there are certainly people who will be supportive of what you do rather than the fellas who are like, yo, why would you, why would you get on a plane and go to Turkey for two days? Oh man, you, you starting another business. Damn. You just failed that other business. That's crazy, man. You should just go to the office. The, that wasn't helping me. So when I would get those types of comments, I just kind of shut down if that makes sense, right? Mm. Now, man, people come out the woodwork. <laughs> there, there are so many people who want to try life on, who want to practice life, who want to get out in this world, who want to build business, who want to connect meaningfully, who have created or are creating their own standard of success, whatever that means for them. For some people, success is $50,000 in a virtual job and being mobile around the world. For other people, success is making $3 million a year and being a CEO of something. There's both are the same because they're relative to the person, you know, right? I should have found more people back in the day, but you know, it is what it is. And what you see me doing now on social media or coming up on this podcast platform is giving back because mm. I couldn't find people. I, I just, I figured some, some shit out about how to design a life, how to travel all over the place on a little bit of money, how to build business, how to like, I've, the last company I built, we built it, me and my partners, uh, in the last three years, we've built it to 200 million. I figured some stuff out. Now I'm moving way faster because I'm moving with people. With people. I mm. want to move with people, right? And one last thing. Between 2002 and 2014, I did probably about 35 single family homes and I paid a bunch of them off and I had like 18 paid off and they were generating about 160 grand of money those homes were worth probably like 5 million. Okay. I did pretty good. Like that, you know, that's, that's pretty good for a single dude to do. 
when I found my current business partners in 2019 and we decided to stick together because we have like ideals, same integrity blueprint and things of that nature, um, and we're very collaborative, we've done 200 million together. Hmm. I would much rather have 5% of a watermelon, 2% of a squash, 10% of an orange, 30% of this batch of grapes, than have 100% of a peanut. Hmm. You can move by yourself, but you can move faster with people. Hmm. And I found my people, if that makes sense. So I just want to give you that, that hmm. example. Powerful connection. And I, I think that's, that's, the, that's the way to go now, like building community of people, of like-minded people. I, want, I was asked one of the, uh, one of the guests, to said, why are you doing this podcast? I said, one of the ways I'm, one of the reason behind this podcast, is, as far as I'm also trying to create a platform where people can get inspired and, you know, also get instructive knowledge That's is it. community. Because now I connect with people all over the world. Like you are, yes. <laughs> but this is powerful. What would you say is a skill, number one skill to, required to build time freedom like what are the skills do you need to develop right now to be able to build time freedom so from my perspective time freedom is the most important asset that we have outside of water because we need it to live but time is the only thing that's not renewable mm. right yeah I told you, man, we got 28,000 days in a lifetime, and my chart is telling me that I have 10,536 left. We have to be the skills that we need to go after time freedom. Number one is awareness. Mm -hmm. the, the notion of years is a very abstract thing. It's a very abstract thing. How you spend your time, where you spend your time, with who you spend your time is very precious. It's incredibly precious. So the number one skill is awareness, awareness that you want to live a certain way, be a certain way, exist a certain way. This thing that we do right now, man, where we just exist, that we're not meant to exist. We're meant to thrive, period. Hmm. That's the first thing, awareness. The second thing is, I think people, I don't want to say I think people, that's not fair. I will tell you how I've gotten, how I've had relative success in my own life, which is, I'm a doer. I just do and I course correct along the way. I'm not the best real estate investor. I damn sure ain't the best executive from a corporate perspective, not the best entrepreneur, and I'm certainly not the best solopreneur. But I set up a coaching business and that's doing six figures. I just, I just started doing and learning along the way. When I bought my first piece of investment property in 2002, I got a lot. I got a book from aisle six of the Fairfax County, Virginia library. I read the thing and I brought it to the closing table and I did exactly what it told me. And then I signed the closing document. I closed the book and I walked out. I do. And I course correct along the way. Everyone's trying to be so perfect. Hmm. They're following the Instagram path of everything that it's got to look a certain way, feel a certain way. No. If you can just get to the point where you have enough information about an opportunity or you understand the concept of passive income or you want to build a business, just get enough information and start executing. All these successful people out in the world, that's what they're good at. They're not experts at everything. They know how to just start executing and then go find support. Like if I need information about insurance for all these apartment complexes I own, 
I don't know the insurance space, but I know who does. Call him. So those would be the two skills I would tell you about is awareness about lifestyle and time and what you want to do and who you want to be. The Again, back to the default. We just kind of accept what school told us we're supposed to be. And right. No. Once you have that awareness and once you have your sights on something, whether it's building a business, doing real estate, stay an employee. But don't be the employee that's stuck in the office every day. Maybe you're the employee that is virtually capable so you can work anywhere in the world so you can mix your life together with business. Why can't you work from Bali? Why can't you work from New York City or Denver or Houston today? Why are you just sitting in your house in one location not learning anymore? Because when we was kids, we were riding the bikes all around the neighborhood and exploring life. Adults don't explore. Hmm. Do and course correct along the way, uh, bolstered by your original awareness, and you will make a lot of headway from a lifestyle design perspective. Awareness and, ed- and execution. Great. Yeah. Final three questions we usually ask sure. a guest. Number one, what is one piece of advice that you will always give someone who is about to start their journey or already in their journey to create the lifestyle they want? What was that one piece of advice? Man. Know your why. If you... Mm-hmm. Remember I said, I said, um, I didn't really know what I was doing in my twenties, but I knew I wanted some sense of freedom. Yeah. It drove me, man. It drove me so hard. I never quit. Hmm. When I was working during the day, I'll run through a schedule with you real quick. Okay. Full-time exec during the day, maybe eight o'clock, get on the train, get down to the office, talk to clients all day, water cooler, you know, spend time with the boss, all that. Get on the train at five, come home, be with the kids for two hours, go to bed for an hour, wake up, put on my police uniform, go out, patrol, in between calls, work on real estate, make some phone calls overseas, sleep, three o'clock in the morning, answer a burglary call, arrest someone, get back to the station. It's 5 a.m., sleep till 6 a.m., drive home, kiss the kids, sleep for two hours, get up go to courthouse, testify real quick for an hour, get on a train, go back to the corporate life and do it again. And then on a weekend, go do the real estate stuff for 20 years. Hmm. If you don't have a why behind your energy level and your actions, Hmm. if my why was freedom, my why was doing things my way, my why was being the generational curse now we didn't have no curse in my family but being the generational breaker in my family my family is a haitian immigrant family we we our blueprint is to work hard save money and try to live my blueprint is to work my ass off buy assets let the assets generate income let that income work for me build legacy for my family and help community it's a very different thing but the reason i push so hard not that i'm not perfect i don't have more money than everybody it's not that it's just that my why was so damn strong there was no way anybody was going to get in my way. And I challenge, I, people better not get in my way now because there's things that I want to do in life before I'm done. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, 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 I have a why and that why drives everything. So that would be the piece of advice I would give people. If you have a real why behind it, you'll get there. Great. This is one more like a personal question. What is that one, you widely traveled. So what is that one country that give you the most experience. Oh man. <laughs> no. Maybe I could take that country on and just 
there's no way there's no way to pinpoint a country because hmm. everyone adds its value to you in some unique way even the ones that i went to one time and i'm like yeah this really doesn't resonate with me you know but if i have to pick one i would say turkey because i worked in turkey in western turkey as a federal agent uh for a few years and i ran a field office there and the people were so good to me and um it is why I developed an interest in 2015 to live in the Mediterranean. It is why I am now a real estate developer in the Mediterranean because of this experience that I had in this amazing country called Turkey. And the funny thing is, like I was a little bit petrified to go there because of all the stuff that was on CNN and man, I go everywhere now. Like the, the impression that media gives to us about other people's homes is silly mm. go experience the world but turkey uh opened my eyes to the possibilities of what life could be in the mediterranean and there i am i'm living in the mediterranean because i do and course correct along the way along the way that's a that's a take home last question what is the book you're currently reading so there's the book that i'm currently reading i just finished reading die with zero by bill perkins I don't read a ton of books. I reference a lot, but I I have gotten to the point in life where I practice information diets. There's too much information out there. Way too much information. Yeah. So my my stalwart books are Tim Ferriss's 4-Hour Workweek, which I found in 2010, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, and Tony Robbins' Money Master the Game. Those three books have kind of like rounded out who I am as a person and I reread them constantly. Mm. But I recently was introduced to Bill Perkins' Die With Zero. And it's all about the notion that we have a certain amount of time on this planet and everyone is solving for the wrong problem. Everyone's solving for the problem of having the most money, the most things, the most stuff, the biggest title. When people should be solving for how do you get the most life fulfillment while you are on this planet? Now that can leverage money in certain things, but we should be solving for having the most fulfilling life because that's all we got. Mm. Die mm. with Zero by Bill Perkins. It's an interesting read. Well, this has been a 51 minutes of, <laughs> of value, man. Thank you so much, Maurice. I, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. If you were to connect with you, what is the best place? I know you're, you're if I, I watched your LinkedIn profile when you came on board and we are easy now, like you, your profile, <laughs> your followers are growing sporadically. So what is the best platform to connect with you? Well, LinkedIn is great. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So it's just Maurice Philogene. And I talk a lot about lifestyle design and real estate and the fact that there's nothing wrong with the nine to five. There is something wrong with how we leverage it. We're, we're not doing a great job as humans. So LinkedIn, I'm extremely active. Instagram, I'm active as well. That's just Maurice Philogene. So all the stuff I talk about, you'll see it in practice, like the travels and spending time on podcasts with amazing people like yourself. I create time. For, for the last 25 years, I've been a 4 a.m. guy. And you'll see me on Instagram, 4 a.m. I'm at the gym constantly. So I, I try to show people on Instagram the lifestyle things that I, that I talk about, but in real life, in right? Real life. Um, and then my two business platforms, um, one is trylifeon.com. So that's my coaching platform. 
There will be a podcast associated with that at some point in the future, but it's essentially me helping people redesign their lifestyles to something that's way more fulfilling based on all the experiences, knowledge, resources, connections, relationships that I have. And then I'll be remiss if I don't uh, mention Quattro Capital. So we are an ad value real estate firm. We buy apartment complexes that need to be renovated. Apartment complexes usually go through renovation cycles every seven to 12 years. We'll partner with investors, get them a better than average return, provide affordable housing to the community. That's one of the ways that I give back now. I want housing to stay at an affordable level. If I do affordable housing, it's a nice apartment complex. If the government does it, it's projects. You, you, you want someone like me doing affordable housing. Um, mm-hmm. so those four platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, trylifeon.com, and Quattro Capital is the Quattro way. Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-W-A-Y, thequattroway.com. I have all of that information. I'm going to put it on the show notes. Um, but you should have a book on Try Life On. That should be a, a, a book title. Like <laughs> Slowly a, but surely. It slowly it but should surely. be a book. I think you've added more to it. I saw recently Try Life On More. I'm like, that's that's a that's a <laughs> that's a version too. <laughs> my man, my man. Yeah, I know. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy showing people that they can be more relative to themselves not yeah. to me yeah. or to you yes I, man i want people living like living living hey like um, you know what i'm i'm led to ask this question what is the if you're going to give a 30 year old an advice now who they're just like i'm realizing this and i'm not where i want to be what mm-hmm. would you say to that 30 year old right now in the 30s 35 I, take care of future you like my my financial journey always was predicated on the fact that Maurice, future Maurice got paid first. Before I paid the electric, mm-hmm. before I paid the car note, before I paid, before I went out, before I did anything, there was always a very high portion of my pay that was being put into what I call storage. And when I had enough money to buy an asset, like a piece of real estate, I bought it. And 47-year-old me who's talking to you is so grateful to 22 year old me who had these thoughts because nobody can tell me what to do unless it's my God or my father or my mother. You have got to take care of future self, everything from financially to health. I'm only 47, man. I have so much to do. I got so much to do. So I would just encourage people to like, pay your future self first in health, in money, in time that person is waiting for you awesome awesome that's a good way to wrap it up (laughs) thank you for listening to today's episode if you love this episode share with your friends on facebook instagram or linkedin if you haven't already done so hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our episode and give us a rating this will help our podcast get more visibility to those who don't know about this podcast remember your growth is personal No one is responsible for your personal growth but you. Stay blessed.